Welcome to a storyteller's episode of Ye Old Dragons Library. As the name implies, in these episodes, we talk to storytellers and look behind the story to the process, the germinal ideas and inspiration, and the hours of thought and work that go into the gift of story. Welcome back to part two of the chat with Deborah Cullen-Smith, author of the award-winning Mina, Warrior in Shadows. We're going to back up a little bit, maybe about 10-15 seconds, in the discussion of some decisions she made in recreating the history of some of the historical characters who appear in the next Mina book. And there is a legend of shapeshifters within Indian lore. Yes. And one of his best friends was a half-breed. He was half Mexican, half Indian, Chavez Chavez. So I have Billy and Chavez out on a prairie doing a little peyote. And they come across a pack of wolves. And one of those wolves breaks off and bites Billy. And he starts shapeshifting at the full moons. Uh-huh. And... That's how Billy becomes a shapeshifter, a werewolf. And so, so now Mina is helping Billy cope with his issues. And if you want a sneak preview of what's going to happen in Mina book two, you can read Moonlight Moon and Claws yes. and read the story of Billy the Kid. Yes, yes. Kind of, sort of, Billy the Kid. It's still Mina's story. It's still Mina's story, but Billy does make his appearance, and we've got Henry in there, and... Um, it's it's kind of Henry's story, too, in that one. So it's the beginnings of book two. And it will be included. We'll, yeah. we'll put it in book two because good. there is a good part of it. You don't there. want to have holes in the story. No, no. We've got to have continuity there because yeah. that's part of the story. And then Perchance to Dream has the real prince in it. And that's also a vampire attack. Yeah, that's also a vampire attack. And that's Mina's story. And it's also in New Mexico. And Doc makes an appearance there. Yay. So, yeah, Doc Holliday comes back and shows up. And you there. kind of got a, um, a dark explanation for Doc's perpetual illness. Yes, yes, there is a dark. Not to give too much away. Yeah, yeah, his consumption will have a little slightly darker tinge to it. No, he is not a vampire, no. but there is a, a darker intent behind that that Mina's going to try and help him with. Emphasis on try. Yeah. Because we don't want to rewrite history and say, Doc Holiday gets cured. No. Yeah. No. No. I I am not gonna I'm not gonna change history. I but I will try and stay as faithful to it as I can. I'll just give it a different explanation. It's a parallel universe. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Where the supernatural stuff With, does exist. Yeah, where the supernatural is is <laughs> the reason. You know, Oh, I can't think of his name. The gentleman that wrote uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer, did the same thing. Yeah. His book, I, I mean, that sounds so ridiculous, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer. <laughs> but his book was so well researched. Everything in there was as factual as you could get as far as the facts Lincoln's of Abe Lincoln. Yeah. But he just gave a different explanation for why, why his mother died, why, mm -hmm. you know, why this, why that. There was just that underlying other reason. Twilight Zone. 
So, yeah. Yeah, Twilight Zone, yeah. So, you know, his mother died when he was very young. Why? Because she was bitten by a vampire and drained. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just giving another explanation. Why did Billy escape from jails all the time? He could shapeshift and get out. Yeah. Are you going to have him be other creatures or just stick strictly to wolf? He's just going to be, he's just a wolf, but it can get him out of a lot of sticky situations. <laughs> he just, he can get out. Fun. So, yeah, lots of fun. And she will, because she was bitten... She has longevity, Mina does. So she will be able to stick around for a long time. So we're going to kind of hopscotch through history. And she will, I, I see several books upcoming. So she, we're, we'll see a lot of historical characters coming up. I I see, uh, you know, like the 20s in Chicago Ooh. with Truman Capote. Or not Truman Capote, I'm sorry. <laughs> Al Capone. Al Capone, yes, Al Capone. <laughs> And um, uh, I see, you know, the possibility of World War One, World War Two, and so a lot of dark explanations yeah. for real events in history. Right, right. So I, I'm going to have fun. Don't give up. Nope, nope. So, and this grew out of a story, a novella that I wrote called The Matron. I wrote a story about a a woman that was running a girls' home. And for runaways, and the the girl comes home late, and she's, you know, her boyfriend is making out with her on the steps, and he looks up, and he sees the matron looking down on him, and knows that he's being disapproved of, and, you know, her lips are pursed, and she calls the girl up to her room and says, I want to tell you a story, and the girl's rolling her eyes, and she basically tells her the story of Dracula, mm -hmm. you know. And but the girl doesn't realize it, but she's talking. The matron is talking about herself because yeah. she's Mina Harker, instead of Miss Parker, which is what she's known by there. And um, so yeah, end up being a vampire. Um, well, she's being fed on the yeah. The boy is a vampire, and and the girl is being fed on. Uh huh. And um, so when the girl realizes that yeah, Miss Parker does realize what she's going through, does realize what's happening. And then she says, can you help me? Can you get me out of this? And she says, yes, I can. And so she sends the girl to her room, and then she dons her warrior apparel and jumps <laughs> out the third-story window and takes off to find this kid in the night. Yeah. And you know that, yeah, her sword is with her, so he's about to meet his end. <laughs> okay. I'm figuring that's eventually going to have to get re-released. And uh, Yeah. It's it's out in ebook form right now, so it is on Amazon. The Matron. Good. So people can find that. Yes, it so is findable. You were talking about we were talking about um, you reclaiming your website. It's kind of gone into hibernation. Yes. Have you done that? Are you any closer to getting it back so people can visit the website and find out about you? Or it it is up. I just haven't been posting to it, and I've got to start blogging again. Yeah. Um, I'm just not very good at it. Well, I was getting ready for this, and I've had some health issues this year. And life so, just gets in the way. And life has gotten very much in the way. So I, I'm going to be working this fall on really gearing in on that okay. and um, so why don't you getting my your, presence up. Did you give your web address so um, people can look for you? I believe it's www.deborahcullensmith.com, I think. Okay. 
I'm pretty sure. Well, I will verify that and put that in the... Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that in the podcast notes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, those of you listening on whatever app, or you can visit the uh, Yield Dragon Books website, and that address will be there yeah. in, in the blog posting for the day when this episode goes live, which will hopefully be at the end of this week, if I get my act together. And if Deb gets her act together, which is questionable sometimes, uh, Deb's act is always fluid. Well, <laughs> okay, I'm going to switch gears Okay. so we don't give away too much of Mina. Let's talk about your other magnum opus, Last of the Long-Haired Hippies. <laughs> oh, the project that almost wasn't. That was 20 years in the making. Oh, boy. So don't be discouraged, people. <laughs> yes. If you are a writer, don't give up. I don't know how many times I almost shelved that whole project and said, I can't do it. 20 years in the making, and when I was finished, it was literally, literally half the size of Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I've seen the word counts. It is half the size of Gone with the Wind. That's a big one. Yes. And we had to break it into three books because one book was just so horrendously humongous. Not to give anything away, but we have been talking about re-releasing Last of the Long-Haired Hippies as a single volume. Yes. There are um, publication issues to take care of, copyright issues, finding a, a really cool cover. We want to show some consideration for Deb's current publisher for this book. Yeah. But someday it will come out from Yield Dragon Books in one volume. So you don't have to do like me when I read the book. It's like, I'm at the end of the book. Wait a minute. This can't stop here. Oh, well, there is volume two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you had it all in your hands. Yes, yeah, I had I, all three it, books in my yeah, hands. Yeah. And I had issues with my editor at the time. And uh, we were not getting them out quite as quickly as we were supposed to. So I had readers going, I thought the other one was supposed to be out by now. I'm going, I know it was supposed to be. Supposed We've to had be. some glitches. So who is the long-haired hippie? Who is the last long? It's, is it Victoria or is it the boy from her past? The boy from her past was the last of the long-haired hippies. Robbie Carter was technically the, the last of the long-haired hippies. He, he was a dreamer and he, you know, he wanted the world to be a certain way and he, the way he was going about it just was never going to happen. Victoria wanted to follow him and wanted to believe in him. She ran away with him at 16, well, technically at 15, and went to San Francisco. We entered the story in the 1990s because I, I needed her to be about 40. So I had to backtrack all of this and, and really dovetail my years correctly because she had to be 15 in 1968, mm -hmm. turned 16 in 69, and then, you know, I had to progress her forward at, in certain increments. So we start in 1990, and she is now 40 years old. She's living in the Midwest in just a little... I made up a town in central Illinois. And um, she's a working for a bookseller, and she signs up to do a book signing for this brand-new author that's come out with a book called The Shining Era. And she has no idea who it is until his assistant brings a publicity pack 
and unrolls this great big banner and there is her old boyfriend's picture on the banner and she about falls over which of course was the engineered intent. yes was the intent and it's too late to back out and it's too late to back out and he causes a real furor in town he just has the whole town buzzing and of course the whole town is watching to see oh is little vicky gonna run off again at the same time some very bizarre things are happening in town the first thing that happens is a little boy's dog is killed in a very ritualistic and very gruesome way and then a couple of people are attacked and also some kind of gruesome ways. So there's some bizarre things going on that have never happened in this little town. They are not ready for this kind of violence. They're not ready for this kind of crime. And it's got everybody buzzing. And and Robbie is the ultimate suspect. Yeah. Of course. Because you know. he was the rebel. He was the rebel and all these things are happening and now he's coming to town. Okay, is it possible he was already here? Is it him? Is it somebody else? Is it somebody connected to him? Is it his agent? Is it this very strange little assistant? Is it somebody in their midst that is reacting to him coming? Yeah. You know? So it's part murder mystery, part a lot spiritual warfare. And in the midst of all this, Victoria has just become engaged to a guy from back home that has been in love with her for years and she says but I don't deserve you because of things in my past and if you are wanting to marry me you need to know all of it mm -hmm. so she tells him Whatever. everything that she has been keeping bottled up inside for all these years and that flashback is all of her years in hate Asbury as a hippie and going to Woodstock and I researched meticulously <laughs> Woodstock. So everything, if if you could listen to the track of Woodstock, mm -hmm. the old recordings, and they played them during the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. They played them. There was a Philadelphia radio station that played the Woodstock tapes in real time on the, the weekend of the Woodstock anniversary. And I listened to a good deal of it that weekend and cried because you could almost listen to those and read my book and be in sync. Cool. It was amazing. It was amazing. I, I just sat there going, yes, yes, yes. Got got I got it. it. I nailed it. I nailed it. <laughs> I mean, because I had the song order. I had every act that went on. I had the time they went on. I had the order of songs that they sang on stage. I had everything. I had books that gave me every detail and I used them and then I had listened to interviews by some of these people like Richie uh, uh, Richie Havens and um, Janis Joplin and several like that and I I got their characters and I wrote their character into a few personal scenes with mm -hmm. Vicky and that worked uh, I really think I, I really think I got them you know because I got yeah. I was able to get their words from the interviews and and just give it enough flavor that that would have been their attitude that would have been what they would have felt that would have been what they thought so i i don't feel like i was putting words in their mouth i feel like that was really what they they would have told her so it, it was uh, so much fun it was so much fun to do that 
And then some other things happened that I won't detail because there <laughs> there was a lot that that went into this and some really bad things happen and she goes home. She goes home. She gives up and goes home. And that's how she ended up back in her hometown. Robbie never quite got over her and he never got over the fact that she left him. Mm-hmm. So, okay, is he back in town because he's vindictive? You know, there's just, there's so much. So so then it flips back to the 1990s and is he behind all this? Is he doing it because he's mad at Vicky? Is he mad at Vicky? What's he pulling here? Yeah. And it then you, you're focused on, for the rest of book two and all of book three, you're focused on who's doing all this stuff. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. I, I remember as I was writing it, I would I would post every now and again on Facebook, well, killed off three more people today. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And, and people would go, Deb! <laughs> Is anybody going to be left in this book? By the oh yeah, there's still plenty of characters left. Yeah. I got a lot more I can kill yeah. off before the end. Yeah, well, the bad guy will still be there. Yeah, he's still there for the moment. <laughs> for the moment, and actually, yeah, the bad guy survived. So you know, that it um, yeah. Not that that's a spoiler. Yeah, not that that's a spoiler because I still haven't told you who the bad guy is. Yeah. There are quite a few bad guys. Yeah, there there were there was actually. A, a few yeah so but it was loads of fun i have never had so much fun writing anything in my life it was so much fun and i bawled when i was done i just cried and cried and cried because you're leaving friends behind yeah i i mean it's gonna sound terrible but i reread it every now and again just so i can visit my hippie friends oh i'm glad somebody else rereads their own books (laughs) i miss them and I've thought several times about reviving some of it and trying to do, like, backstory stories on some of the other yeah. hippies. But I, I just, I, I don't feel it, you know? I've thought about it, and then I've thought, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I feel like I'd be pushing a story. Or maybe the time just isn't right Maybe yet. the time isn't right, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh, I would love to. I would love to go back to that era because <laughs> it was so much fun. Not that you're a hippie already. No, no, not that I'm with my bell-bottom pants and my, yeah, (laughs) my usually, I usually have bandanas. I forgot my bandanas this year. I kept telling myself, I must remember my bandanas, and I forgot them. I still forgot them. I I don't know how many times I headed for them, and then it's squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the perils of, of being a writer, is your brain is going in 20 different directions yep. because you've got other people in your head. Yes, <laughs> and the other people in my head kept distracting me. So every time I'd head for my bandana, somebody would yell, squirrel, and I'd go, oh, really, where? And I'd go taking off in another direction, and I'd forget all about the bandanas. Well, your puppies are a bad influence. Yes, my puppies are a very bad influence. I have a brand <laughs> new puppy, a pit bull boxer, and she is driving me insane, but I miss her terribly now that I'm here. <laughs> so I've got to get back to my chihuahua and my yeah. boxer puppy. Good. So, And then I have one more project, and I am hoping to get back to that, and that's uh, Worlds Away. And uh, it's a medieval project, and I'm probably twenty or 30,000 words into that one. Um, and then it got sidelined so I could do Mina. Um, and it's about a woman who wishes for a simple life. And that's one that started as a short story as well. 
and then it just kept growing and it has just begged to be more than it was uh but she wanted you know she's a modern woman and she's besieged by scam phone calls you know we can help you lower your mortgage rate we can sell you a car your husband wanted the quote on this car and i've got those quotes now and you know so her husband's always putting in for all these you know mortgage lower the mortgage quotes on new cars stuff like this but then she's the one that has to field the phone calls Mm -hmm. and calls her at the last minute to hey throw together something for dinner i'm bringing so-and-so over it's business meeting slash you know dinner do you think that i don't have anything better to do than just wait be at your beck and call in so she's tired of having all these demands and she's been watching you know the late night movies so she wishes she could just sit sit like the ladies did of old and and do her needlepoint and so you know and be like maid marion and robin hood the adventures of robin hood and marion you know the earl flynn version just sit and sew and look pretty and have chivalrous men around all the time and that's what she wishes her life was like and this figure in a diaphanous gown appears one night in her living room and says is that really what you would like she says what are you supposed to be am i going crazy i've just gone off the deep end now right or or are you my fairy godmother and the figure kind of laughs at her and says well i guess if you want to call me that i suppose that's okay and so you know she says okay yeah that's really what i want she says okay that's what you get and in the morning she when she wakes up she's in a stone castle and she's got a gown that she has to wear every day because she only has two (laughs) yeah she only has two and she doesn't have underclothes and um she only gets to wash those gowns you know once or twice a year because there's no washing machines and no dryers and the smell is from the chamber pot under her bed and her son has is climbing out of bed too because you know they're only allowed one bed per family and um and this figure reappears and explains to her the facts of life and this is what you wanted you'll be allowed to sit and sew all day but your mistress is a very exacting woman so you better hustle and she says this is what you wanted but she finds out that yeah chivalry is not what they showed in the movies uh women are used and abused and it's not all nice and it's not all fun and you don't get to bathe every day and the dark ages were called dark for a reason and this is her life now and that diaphanous gown was a disguise for a very evil demon and she got just exactly what she asked for. But now what does she do? Because she can't get out of it. Uh-huh. And she has to figure out a way to live with what she's asked for. But she's now her 10-year-old son is out playing with swords. And she can't keep him from it because if she did, he would be called a sissy and worse. And he would be beaten and spat on and really mistreated by the other boys. He has to get out there and, and he's at risk to life and limb because of her wish yeah and her teenage daughter is at risk to a lot more than that and it's all because of her wish and yeah so it's it's been an interesting one to write as well so and i i won't give away where it goes from there but it's (laughs) uh it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of fun someday 
yeah hubby hubby is i will say it's going to encompass the fourth crusade because hubby is going to take off with richard the lionheart and i do go into quite a bit about richard the lionheart and i'm researching that mm-hmm. and uh you yeah. kind of enjoy research i do i love research i love history and um i really get a kick out of it and i like to bring history to life good so it's fun so we've got a few things to look forward to in the not too near future but yeah i would like to get back to that after mina too i would like to get back to that one crack it out because it is pretty much that one's pretty much plotted out so i just need to write it um a lot of times i don't plot them anymore i Mm -hmm. learned that with hippies i like to just plot the history so that i know which points on the timeline i have to hit to keep it accurate and then let god fill in all the blanks and say what if you did this it would be really cool and then let's go here Uh and we go off in that direction and then we can go here and go off in that direction and then it's like oh i like that idea god let's do that let's do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's so much better than any plot i could come up with so um it's fun writing with god it's really fun writing with him instead of just trying to write something for him it's A lot more fun to write with him. That's a reference to the teachings of Alan Arnold. Yes, he is my mentor, and he has been a wonderful mentor. Well, we are coming up on an hour of recording, so (laughs) by the time this comes out, listeners will know already that this is going to be a two-parter. So I think this is a good place to stop. We have to we have to get out of the hotel room soon. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we got about one hour. <laughs> yeah, our weekend at Rome Makers is over. We have to pack up and go back to the real world. So we're going to close down, and I will get this edited as soon as possible. So all of you listeners out there can meet Deb and find the other demented mind behind <laughs> ye old dragon books. Well, not demented. That kind of has a nasty connotation, but well, rebellious, out there, weird, weird, weird. W y r d, weird. Yeah, two old dragons writing weird, weird stories. stories. <laughs> okay, we're gonna say goodbye for now. Goodbye. So, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you had fun. And we gave you something to think about and investigate further in our guest author's storytelling worlds. Check the podcast notes and the Ye Old Dragon Books blog for information on the books discussed in each of our podcasts and how to find our guest authors online. And remember to keep listening for more fantastical stories. For inside scoops and exclusive access to stories before they're officially released, please consider joining the Ye Old Dragons Library Patreon group and help support this podcast. Thanks for listening.